Well, hi everyone, and welcome to our uh, YouTube channel and to our mini podcast series, Led by Love, uh, which you may have heard me say in a few places is to complement a journey that we're on together uh, as a church. We're thinking about what it means to be led by love, and we're trying to reimagine, restructure our, our leadership uh, around three core values, really, three core things about believing, belonging, and befriending. And I'm really grateful to have people join us for the journey and feed into that. Uh, really grateful today to have Rosa Hunt, uh, who's in ministry and co-principal of the Baptist College uh, here in Cardiff. Uh, Richard Hardy, who's minister down in Albany Road uh, and uh, leads the Entheos Trust as well, looking to support churches in, in ministry and mission. Uh, and also Linda, our very own Lind uh, from Bethel here, uh, who always encourages and inspires me just with a passion for Jesus. Uh, and this insistence that it must be about people who don't yet know Jesus. We've got to follow Jesus in a way that invites others in. Uh, so I'm really encouraged just to get us all together and dive into one of the big themes here, which is about believing. That we're led by love somehow to believe. And then believing leads us to belong. And I was thinking about where to start today. And I was thinking that often when we picture those two things, love and belief they're often in very different boxes uh, in our heads we compartmentalize if i can say that word um them very differently but divorced from each other it, it's very difficult to see them how they work together so i thought that'd be a great place just to dive in today believing without loving or loving without believing why, why that why that might be a, a dangerous or a difficult thing And we're all going to be so polite. Nobody wants to dive in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think. I think. Um, at the moment, I, I, I was thinking about this, but we're we're surrounded by uh, aspects of love in social media. People are searching for love and wanting to belong. Um, you know, over lockdown and everything, there was the simple way of finding a partner online. And that has grown and grown and grown. Um, but is it about love or is it being sold that it's about love? Hmm. And what is love? Um, you know, is, is love, it's an intimacy with another person but the way that we are bombarded in the media, it's a physical thing, not a spiritual thing. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, Linda. I think inviting us into an intimate relationship with God. I like that word that, that you use there. I think that um, when we think about loving our neighbour, you know, you sort of express it in, in practical acts or whatever. And I think in the Reformation, there was a, a move away from that. And so there was a move towards a more intellectual kind of faith. And you sort of um, believed, with, you read the scriptures with your mind, as it were, and you assented to them intellectually. But I think the trouble with that, and I think it was part of a general sort of worldview at the time, um, is that suddenly man, and I use the word advisedly because it was men, are at the center of the, the universe. So you shifted from before the Reformation, where basically you learn things through them being revealed to you, to suddenly, um, from the Reformation time onwards, man was at the center of the universe, and man could use his um, intellect and his thought to, to work things out and so on. And 
so God gets displaced from the center. Mm. And um, if you think of the word ecstasy, that it comes from a, a Greek word which literally means standing outside yourself. And the thing wow. about love, you know, when you fall in love with someone or when you are loved unconditionally, you forget about yourself. You, you're thinking about the other person. And I think that's sort of what the heart of the gospel is, that we're meant to shift our our focus away from ourselves to God. Um, but too often, I think we've replaced it by another sort of works, which is that we have to believe certain things. Um, so, yeah, that would be my take on that. Don't you think um, we've actually arrived at the opposite place to the Reformation? And I'm not entirely sure the Reformation was totally that sterile, to be honest with you. But there you go. That's another story for another time. Um, I, I just wonder whether we've become so fuzzy, we've become so feeling orientated that actually we've lost something where love is concerned. You know, um, I remember uh, Rob Parsons used to say when I worked for Care for the Family, um, that I don't want to I don't want to visit God. I don't want to know God on the basis of unmediated truth. Because if I do, I'm in real trouble. Um, I, I, I need truth to be filtered through love. I need it to be filtered through grace. Uh, and I think where, where John is right is that the two have to come together, don't they? We don't want to swing from a sort of sterile commitment to belief and truth that becomes religious and becomes pharisaical and becomes thou shalt not. Neither do we want to go to the place where everything's okay because it's fuzzy feeling and it's love based upon, um, in a way, based upon the idea that it, love is like dating, isn't it? I'm dating God. Mm. And, uh, and there's, a, there's, there's a danger on either, you know, on either end, really, of, of the continuum. And I've been thinking about this quite a lot recently, because I've been thinking about the differentiation, the distinction of agape compared to all other loves. Mm. And and that's a real challenge in our society because we're we're being told at the moment that um, uh, that uh, love is love and God is love, therefore everything's okay. That it's all right to love who you like, when you like, how you like, and that's okay by God. And uh, this becomes quite complicated quite quickly, doesn't it? I don't think there's anything whatsoever fuzzy about love not even slightly. I think that genuine, unconditional love is as hard as nails, nails on the cross. Okay. And I would say- But you're talking say, about agape, aren't you, Rosie? No, you're not talking I'm talking about, about love. Oh, okay, go on and love. expand that for me. And I would say that, um, so the, the two areas in which I've learned most about love recently have both been um, situations where I have had forcibly to give up any semblance of any kind of control or knowledge or um, where, quite frankly, my theological training has come in any use whatsoever. <laughs> and so um, the first one was when we lost our son, Chris, just before Christmas, and just living through that and being sustained by the unconditional love of the congregation, actually. So just before we came on air, you asked me what was the best thing about Tabernacle, and I said the people. Well, the kindness and the generosity and the love, the unconditional love that we were shown at that time was, was just amazing. And I had, I had no answers, you know, um, I had no clever things to say about losing a son. So that was the first thing. But the other thing is um, we've got a thing called the Canal Van Glied, which is like a warm space in Tabernacle. And so we have um, about between 
20 and 35 homeless people turn up twice a week and um you know they have warm space have some food and, and we listen to them and they have such incredibly complicated uh lives and again you know I have no answer I can't fix it so um so often in ministry you you really want to fix it um you can't fix it for these people and the only only thing you can do is is love them actually and uh, provide unconditional love and that again is not necessarily easy so um you know I don't think there's anything fuzzy whatsoever about love not real love no I think it was interesting you were saying it's feeling and as we as Richard was saying as well we're, we're, we're being encouraged to feel so much nowadays um but I think a lot of us um put up these barriers to stop us feeling yeah. things because we're afraid um mm -hmm. and what are we afraid of um are we afraid to trust um something that we 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 don't know that we um are unsure of and it you know it's a brave person who takes that step yeah. to to trust a stranger um because you know god could be a stranger to them mm -hmm. um it's 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 huge but only by consistency from people um who know that love their their uh, example to others that's the only way that we can help other people uh want to want to take a step closer uh, and i you know i know in in my own personal position you know you know years ago my husband didn't he go no, I don't want to go to church. No way. No way, Jose. Um, he, he'd been hurt badly by the church when he was younger. Um, and he had a lot of barriers. And it's taken years, not because I've forced it, but because I've just, and as you say, Rosa, unconditionally loved him and allowed that love to help him trust more. Mm -hmm. and you know well you know and, and he is more than more than happy now for me to be doing something like this and other things without fear mm -hmm. so I think yeah. that's mm -hmm. where you go if you you can have love and love's one thing but it's not enough unless you believe a trust and mm -hmm. that relationship starts to grow mm -hmm. yeah. that's a beautiful and you know it's Sometimes it's um, sometimes it's in the little things, isn't it? I mean, one of the things that's really struck me over the past couple of years in Albany Road Baptist Church is uh, is the little acts of kindness, the little acts of love. Mm. Um, when we were in the lockdown, um, somebody uh, completely anonymously and off their own back decided that they were going to bake fresh scones and take fresh scones and cream and um, and homemade jam to every member of the congregation. And, and basically what they did was they became known as the scone fairy and <laughs> um, and they um and and there'd be a, a, a ring on your doorbell and the door would open uh, you'd open the door and there on the step 
would be this beautiful little packed box and inside were just enough scones so that each person in the house had one wow. and the cream and and the jam etc and it, and it became the talk of the church you know who was this person and to this day um i think apart from me um nobody knows who that person was and um and they were they, they got to a point where they were terrified they'd missed somebody in the church and it became you know this this fear that they'd got everybody but one who was going to feel unloved mm. but it was an it was an act of triviality in a way but but of unbelievable sacrifice because it took them time to make the scones and deliver the scones and you know and make the jam and 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 yet you know whilst i i totally get what rose is saying and i'd be really interested in hearing how how do you express love as a church in the situation you've just faced as a family when there's no words i mean there's no words that you can say that and yet you felt loved by that congregation that that's remarkable isn't it and it's a big thing but it's also it's it, it you, a church i don't think gets to that point without a myriad little things it's the mm. little blessings isn't it yeah. that makes a huge difference yeah so i don't know whether you've got a response to that rose i'd be really interested in well, I, mean, How I, can, did they I can tell you what they actually yeah, did. Yeah. I mean, there was a what number of things. So, I mean, they sent us an olive tree. They sent us many plants. They sent us over 200 pounds worth of frozen meals from Cook. Um, they said that I could have as long as I liked off church. Um, they took my services for me. They wrote me cards, they sent me pictures of the children, they came and visited. Well, they were just wow. fab, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I'd only been there three months, so. But I think, John, to come back to your question of what are the dangers of um, love, you know, emphasizing love without belief and emphasizing belief without love. So I think if you emphasize belief without love, I think that word Linda used, fear, I think that's a really key one. Mm. Um, so basically you become afraid of, so this is what I believe about God and what's going to happen if I if I accidentally break this rule or whatever. Um, and so if you haven't got a, it all comes back probably to what your image of God is, because if your uh, image of God is a, is a sort of transactional one that I've got to believe this and get it right and believe the right things otherwise you know if I don't believe the right things I'm going to go to hell or whatever you're you you fear um then that's going to lead to some very um well I think some some behavior that could be destructive for yourself and for your church and for society and certainly um I think anybody in a position of church leadership who's operating out of a position of fear might get themselves in some very might do some pastoral damage I suspect when you come across pastorally complex situations but then as Richard alluded to you know if you go the other way and you have um you're not really sure what love is but you just think it means being nice to everyone mm. um then again that could uh lead you into difficult situations but isn't that exactly what you know why it's important to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because he basically is the perfect image of God and shows us precisely what God is like and so mm -hmm. if we can um use that him as the focus of our belief then hopefully we won't go too far mm -hmm. 
and and that's the challenge isn't it you know it's not just to um you know, love it as, as much as we love ourselves and that was challenging enough in the old testament the new commandment is to love one another as jesus has loved us um and it's far more easy just to have a set of rules that you have to keep <laughs> or agree yeah. that you have to say you believe than to try and work yeah. out what that looks like and you know there's been some great examples already of, of you know perhaps smaller and bigger ways in which which we can love each other and jesus actually sticks it all on this doesn't he and says by this the world will know you're my disciples if you love one another um yeah. that sort of christ-like way which is hugely challenging yeah absolutely i mean you can't do it alone can you i mean that's that's, that's just the reality isn't it mm -hmm. um i i know from my experience of bringing up my own children that I, I could always tell the difference between when I was loving them in my own strength and when I was loving them in God's strength. <laughs> it was a bit like, you know, um, it's that old thing about God give me patience, you know, um, and he gives you annoying neighbours. Um, one of the things I found was how challenging. I, I didn't realise that nothing challenged me quite like bringing up my children. Um, nothing sanctified me as much as bringing up my children. And 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 it's it's recognising, isn't it, that every time I tried to do it by myself, you know, if I tried to love other people by myself, I can't do it. Mm. Um, my, my, my reserves run out. So, so unbelievably quickly. Um, and it's only in reliance upon, well, it's the fruit of the spirit, isn't it? It's, it's in reliance upon the spirit that the limitless lavish nature of God's love becomes available to us mm. and starts to flow. And when a church starts to flow in the love of God, there's just no stopping it. Mm. Um, I mean, it sounds like, you know, it, you, you were, the dam burst where love is concerned in tabernacle, you know, not knowing this perfect stranger really. And yet suddenly um, the empathy, um, the, the, the surrounding of you are just, I mean, that's just fantastic. Um, well, I mean, that, to be honest, they'd be like that with everyone. It is generally well, a feature of the church, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that, mm, that again mm. is an indicator, isn't it, Rosa, of, mm. of the very presence of the love of God, that it's, they're like yeah. that with everybody. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that's really difficult. Yeah, yeah, isn't that that's that's really what we would aspire our church to be? Yeah, um, it, it yeah. it's family. It's the extension of that family, mm. and mm. we don't know who's coming through our doors or who is amongst the the congregation to know how loved are they? Mm. Um, and 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 so we we owe it to God to love everybody yes. that we meet yes, and, and, and I think and I think sometimes we you know again I, I remember being in Bethel and knowing lots of people but not feeling that I was accepted um, because I wasn't good enough to be I, I wasn't like them you know they've all grown up as a Christian mm. and had this wonderful life and that wasn't my experience. Um, I, I haven't had a bad life at all, but but it was as if, well, I'm not in that group. And I would be fearful of approaching that group to be befriended by mm. a group of people. And it literally, from delving into God's word, I recognized, I don't, I just, you know, the, the Old Testament, I really find it hard. And there's a lot of Me stuff in there that I just, yeah, and I think I, I prefer the letters. I I just prefer 
when Jesus talks. Yeah, I get too. his language. That's um, all I ever preach on. <laughs> so I, I, I would immerse myself. Yeah, I would immerse <laughs> myself in the Gospels because yeah. I think, oh, I understand that a bit more mm. and mm. then go from there. And actually through that, I f- started feeling more love from just those words. Mm. And yeah. then that led me to think, oh, perhaps I can use this to talk to one of those people that I thought was different to me. And actually finding got a lot in common. Mm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you know, years ago when yeah. I when I was first um I was a very, very young minister, that shows how long ago it was. And <laughs> um it, the first series I did in the church that I was pastor of, we did it on love and uh, it lasted over a year. And uh, one of the congregation came up to me at the door one day and they said, uh, will you stop banging on about love? <laughs> if you carry on banging on about love, you're going to get yourself into serious trouble. And, you know, like Jesus. And, well, that's exactly what I said, Rosa. I said, well, yeah, you know, got Jesus into trouble as well. And if that's the risk yeah. I have to take, then that's what I'm prepared to do. And they weren't <laughs> happy. They weren't happy. But in many respects, that's been the sum and substance of ministry, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, we people are love hungry. Mm. Yeah, they are desperate to belong. They are desperate to to feel like they, you know, they are part of something bigger than themselves. And if they're not going to find it anywhere, if they don't find it in church, not really. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. it is the heart of the gospel, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it costs, doesn't it? And I think that's the thing. Well, you know, is, that's exactly. one of the difficulties. You know, people are very reluctant to love because they've been hurt. Yeah, and there's no greater pain and hurt than being hurt by church. Mm. And um, that's why I think what really yeah. Mm, yeah. Sorry, go on, go on, Rosa, go on. No, I was just going to say I think that's what what Linda said is is yeah, really important yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. love involves taking a step of trust. Like I said earlier, it yeah. involves getting yourself out of the way and letting go. You know, mm. um, and that's really hard because if you've not had experiences of being loved by people, it's going to be hard oh, to. Yeah. To, yeah. to love God and also you've got perhaps um the, the image of God that we've got isn't necessarily some one of unconditional love you know and if you look at sort of people like John of the Cross and Teresa Bavilla down the years the way that they've talked about their relationship with God has been in terms of um love and uh, Teresa Bavilla calls it um marriage you know or divine union or something like this which is a, a completely different image from the, the sort of image that many people have of God. Now, I know that for some people, that kind of language is a bit um, of putting in itself, you know, but it's a, it's a very powerful antidote yeah. to the kind of strict judge um, kind of um, picture. Do you know, years ago, in, in a sermon, I once said, um, God likes me. And uh, when I got home, Rose, my wife, said, um, said uh, you can't say that you can't say God likes you. He loves you, but he doesn't like you. And I went, that's funny, because he seems to want to spend an awful lot of time in my company. <laughs> and uh, and I still believe it. I still believe that. Actually, he God, likes you. God <laughs> likes me. And in a way, that's that's really important, I think, because it's so much easier to like other people. It's so much easier to love other people yeah. when you're all of that sort of, he's topped me up with that, you know, 
God loves me and he likes me and he wants to be in my presence. Mm. And therefore it's so much easier to like yeah. you and love you. And even yeah. though I don't know you and, and, and it changes, that changes everything. It's mm. it yeah, certainly it changed everything for me. Mm. We've got to move away from this idea that God kind of puts up with us because he's so nice, <laughs> you know, that he loves us, but he kind of doesn't like us. He just puts <laughs> up with us. Yeah. Like I say, you know, it's more like God is madly in love with us and can't yeah, wait yeah, to spend yeah, time with us. Yeah, and that, that's isn't that the truth? Like that, when you do love somebody, you want to spend every minute of every day with them. And yes, you do. You, yeah, and you want to share things together. Everything you want everything. Yeah. You your mm, your experience yeah. is good, bad, and indifferent. Yeah. yeah, and and yet we, as you said before, compartmentalize God. Yeah. But oh no, it's time for prayer now. Yeah. That's when I'm going to talk to God. But what's wrong with talking to God when, when, when? Well, when you're having a shower, I was going to say something else, but I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But what's wrong with talking to God when, anytime, anytime of the day, yeah. night, anything whatsoever? But isn't mm. it interesting, Linda? That you, you know, you felt unworthy to be part of Bethel. Totally. You know, and 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 that's really interesting, isn't it? Because part of that potentially, I suppose, is your perception of what church has been like. Mm. And, you know, and that that's been true, sadly, so often. It wasn't um, I didn't have a bad experience, sorry, in church, but no, no, it was no. more about me. Yeah. It was more about about how I felt about myself. Yeah. But don't you think uh, one of the things that struck me about being in Wales and, you know, forgive me, I'm a Yorkshireman in, you know, I'm I'm a Yorkshire exile um, and I'm living in Wales. Um, there is uh, one of the national traits, I think, is is a shyness, is a reservedness. Now, I know that's a blanket statement, but I've certainly seen it in church. And it's not that they're necessarily holier than thou or do goodish or, you know, better than you. It's that they're genuinely shy. And it's, it takes some, you have to create an environment of acceptance and love for people to come out from behind mm. the blanket of shyness and just show what they, what they essentially are, which is amazing, amazing people. Mm. And um, I mean, you know, maybe one of the things that when we came to Bethel and, you know, of, uh, you were there for some time was how, how reserved people were. Um, and how it wasn't until I left Bethel and now I go back that people are warm and friendly with me, you know, and it's maybe that's just me, you know, maybe, maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> never, never, no. No, 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 I think I probably am. <laughs> As you see, we, we're, we are reserved people mm -hmm. and some of that is because when I've talked to people, they, they, it's, well, that's how it's always been. When I went to church as a child, this is how you were, and this is how my parents were. Um, I th I think from, from my point of view, I, I didn't have, um, I used to go to um, an Anglican church, and that was very staid. But even then, even as a child, I, I used to take my little rabbit in my pram down to church because that was, that, that I love my rabbit. Was oh, this a real so rabbit? Why wouldn't I take? Yeah, was it a real rabbit? A real rabbit, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they Did he stay a... in the pram? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Gosh. And 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 he was on a lead in case, but no, he never used to jump out. Domesticated rabbit. Um, but 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 you see, I love my rabbit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I took him really? everywhere. 
Mm. Um, and and but right. I, I, when I went to that the church I was in, I didn't understand what I was listening to. Because mm. I was in the adult service, um, and but I would sort of stand up, sit down, kneel down, stand up, and then go home and think, well, that was nice. But I hadn't connected. I hadn't made a connection. I'd just been in this fuzziness of feeling, oh, this is this is a nice place to be. Mm. I miss you about that. Yes, mm. exactly. Yeah. And, and, that, mm. and that was good. But, yeah. you know, one, one person, a, a great Methodist friend of mine said once, you were being called then. But yeah. you just didn't recognise yeah. that, yeah. Um, and I think it's that's the other thing. God's timing is perfect. It's not our timing, mm. and in the way that He connects with us is perfect. Mm. Um, and you know, for for myself to finally come from um, one aspect to to believe was on from off with doing alpha mm -hmm. and yeah. um you you know it in, enabled me to ask crazy silly questions which i'm i'm renowned for um <laughs> but not to be afraid yeah but not to be afraid of mm. opening my mouth and worry that i'm gonna say the wrong thing mm. um i was surrounded by people that i thought I can get away with saying this and <laughs> I'll be okay. Mm. But, 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 but you say, if, what, well, there's so many people who are not encouraged to do that. And I think, mm. as you're saying, Richard, you know, you're seeing a difference in Bethel now. Mm. And I think because we're being encouraged to be ourselves. Yeah. Don't try and be someone you're yeah. not. Yeah. Well, but done, then, don't you think one of the things that's really I think it's one of the problems of being in a Western Western context, really, and that's the lack of community. You know, yeah. um, it's it's a problem in society, but often it's a problem in church. We're so busy, we 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 our life is consumed by work um, so often, and and the little time we have, we think we ought to invest in family, and rightly so. Um, but but it means that it it becomes harder to be church and be a family together. It becomes harder to be community and to give space for one another to rub shoulders with one another, you know, to because rub uh, love rubs off, doesn't it? Um, it's not just in words, it's in deeds, it's in it's in body language, it's in the whole thing. And and one of the, the, the things that Alpha gives really is you you enter this group with these complete strangers, and for the next 10 weeks you get to know them and become friends mm -hmm. because you're regularly meeting in a situation where you're having to listen to one another, you're having to share, you're sharing your experiences, you're there's no judgment, there's a lot of trust. And and that's not what church has so often has become. It's mm. it, it's one of the things that we we've just pulled out the pews in our in Albany Road Baptist Church and flattened the floor. It has changed the dynamic completely. I mean, we did a service yesterday where we had everybody round round tables, and we did an it was called the Any Question service, and uh, we got people to ask questions, and then we got the collective wisdom to share the answers, mm. both round the tables and then you know for all of us together mm. and and it, it didn't really great. matter that way well, it was it was it was mm. amazing yeah. um yeah. somebody said to me this morning it's probably the best service they've ever been to mm. because it wasn't led from the front it wasn't passive it wasn't mm. it, it was 
it was about an exchange and and mm. it, it was really interesting but mm. it was fostering what it was really doing was fostering community and encouraging people to listen to each other yeah, yeah. um really interesting um and we're we're going to do it three times a year but i've already got people saying can we do it every month <laughs> <laughs> okay let's see what we do that's uh, but yeah, yeah really interesting but I have to say, Zoom helped us with that. I mean, mm. Zoom helped us in the two years. We became more of a church together mm. um, than we'd ever been. Because on Zoom, you have to look at people's faces, <laughs> not the back of their heads. Mm. Mm. You have to do things like this, where you, you know, you have to listen to each other because you can't all talk at once. And, mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and the whole thing about questions, I think, is is really interesting. You know, the whole thing about are we going to be a church where it's okay for someone to bring a rabbit you know th those kind of things can bring themselves to church their loves their life to church uh, is that the fear that you were talking about right at the start linda that we we don't encounter love because of fear often um is that we in doing that there's this thing that happens that we rob ourselves of people really knowing who we are and yeah. that fear can live behind the mask, can't it? Yeah, but yeah. if they yeah. Knew, yeah. if they heard what I say, you know, except mm. and as somebody who, you know, Richard, I totally identify, I've got a master's in shyness. It's yeah, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely instinctive. Uh, but it's is that whole thing about it it's not even a conscious thought. It's this this instinct to say, well, there's there's certain things that I don't and of course we don't share everything with everyone, mm. but we all need places and people where we can completely open mm. the otherwise we're the, the same fear that thinks we're protecting ourselves stops us, robs us of that experience yeah. of being known and loved. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can I go back to something Rosa said just for a minute? Yeah, go um, for it. I, do you know what my favorite old testament book i hesitate to say is the song of solomon <laughs> because i want to i want the church to get back to a place where it is about christ and his church i want to get to a place where uh, simply because of the intimacy of it mm -hmm. you know that uh, it's just it, it reminds me of paul you know but i'm talking about christ and his church talking about marriage and and it sort of connects in my head i think and and, and the reason i love it is because it is it's so intimate it's so present and that's how i think i want that's the sort of church i want to be a part of really um you know where you you just notice people's body language you you notice the furrow brow you and somebody says you're not okay are you not uh, how are you mm. you know but you're not okay or you know um it, it, it's it's got to become like that hasn't it I, I read something recently where it said eighty percent of um, human communication is nonverbal. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, one final question before I let you go. Oh. Uh, which is, and you have, yeah, they have been prepped for this, so don't panic to us. Uh, but if we want to be led by love, um, as individuals, as churches, as families. Like what's one thing we could do? We've talked about a few small things today and big things, but how can we be better led by love, do you think? Don't wait to be loved. Love. Take a step and love somebody else. Pick somebody in the church you don't really know or you don't really get on with and go find out about them. Mm. Talk to them. Listen to what they have to say. 
because maybe the thing that rubs you the wrong way when you actually hear the reason why will make you realize that actually, you know, there's something very special and precious about that. Yeah, I think don't wait to be loved because if everybody in the congregation waits to be loved, nobody's going to get loved. Mm. But if just one person breaks out and starts loving others, it will change everything for everybody. It's great. Even if it's the rabbit. Yeah. Rabbits are great. Rabbits are great. <laughs> the rabbit's easy to love, to be fair. I think. They're nice and fluffy. <laughs> I think yeah. you've, got to, you've got to pick someone more challenging than the rabbit. Yeah. But I think it's it's very good advice of Richard's. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I, th I think also, yeah, just to, um, to try and calm people's fears, just to say, look, we understand. We, you know, I don't know where you're coming from, but we've mm. all had trials and tribulations um and if you want to explore more just hey i'm i'm, I'm here mm. here each and every one of us is here mm. just so because it's not ours to keep that love is not ours it's everybody's mm. become the scone fairy in your church <laughs> yes please yes please. Yeah. Oh, well, ideally have you seen my, my church and be the <laughs> i love the fact you've gone for so, family not angel i mean that's yeah <laughs> no i would agree with both those i mean i was going to suggest um you know the same as what richard said i think there is no substitute for mm. sort of loving other people. But I think also what's really, really important, just come back to this thing that Richard said about, you know, we don't really believe God likes us, is something about um, spending time with God. Mm. And mm. This, this is difficult to do, but finding some way of interacting with God, which enables you to experience that love for you mm. and that, that like for you, that sort of sort of song of songs language for you, um, which I think once you're you're secure in that love, then that mm. that makes all the difference. Now, obviously, for some people, that would be contemplative prayers, a tried and tested way of doing this, but maybe that doesn't work for everybody. But that's what I would say: just make make space for God to tell you that He loves you. Absolutely, and use every thing that churches are offering like you know they'll do small groups they'll do yes. um yes. Know, mm -hmm. i i know for my i did the, i did yeah i did the, i did mm. the bless um thing with with john yeah. and i yeah. um the first time i did it with a group a small group of us oh it was powerful it was you know we did we mm. we talked about stuff i never thought we'd ever talk about mm. Mm. And I enjoyed it so much, I did it again. You <laughs> and I will do it again, I'm yeah. sure, because because it allows, it gives you that space, mm. Mm. that space where you feel safe and you feel loved, and you feel then that you can just open yourself up a little bit more mm. and 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 allow love out, but also allow it in. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you've got to overcome the embarrassment factor then haven't you you know the first time you do anything by way of one you fear the rejection that you might receive well don't worry about that because you're loved unconditionally mm. um and um and uh overcome the awkwardness of feeling oh it, it feels like i'm doing something artificial here because you've got to do it 
to you know to do it in a way Um, so don't let that get you in the get in the way in the same way you you would love um a partner or something you get that bubbling in your tummy yeah not fluttering you, I'm sure that's in the Song of Solomon somewhere, <laughs> bubbling in the tummy. So, in the Hebrew somewhere. It's in there, is it? But you can't just you can't just acknowledge. It. You've got to do something about it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. So it, it is. It's acting on on that. So yeah. Well, that's it, and it's that bubbling in the tummy that makes you go out and do something. It gives you the confidence, yeah. like you say. You had a great phrase. You had you said something like, "If you feel that you're loved, then you can let love out and let love in." And I thought yeah, that's a great, fantastic isn't it? summary. Yeah, 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 yeah. they're not my yeah. words. They're not mine. I don't know. I don't know yeah. where they came from. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's always words. it's always struck me that the, the two greatest commandments are actually one, aren't they? Because Jesus says, doesn't he? He says, "And the second is like it." Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot love God and not love your neighbor. If you yeah. say you love God, then you've got to love them. I mean, that's the whole of the New Testament, isn't it? In in yeah. you know, in summary, really, yeah. probably the whole of the Bible. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's an ancient uh, commentary on that passage that says, um, when they came to and asked him what the greatest commandment was, uh, it was feeding into this system of who was the best rabbi and you know who could summarize the law the best and all the rest of it. And actually, in picking out what was too fairly obscure verses. Jesus moves the conversation on from who is the most right to who can be the most loving. And I love the idea that actually he wasn't just answering the question, he was moving the whole conversation on. And that's so often what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. That's, that's been absolutely brilliant. The time has absolutely raced by you. So thank <laughs> you for sharing. It's been so good. Thank you, John. My pleasure. Thank Real you. Nice to see guys. Richard again, and nice to meet you, Linda. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and greetings yes. to Bethel. Yes, indeed. <laughs> what a great, what a great church. What a great. We've all been shaped by Bethel, haven't we? We That's have. Fantastic. You know, all yeah. of us. So, uh, all yeah, of us. Yeah. Brilliant. I was going to stop the recording, but I'm glad I didn't. know. That's good. Uh, <laughs> I'll stop uh, it there. Is it, is it Bethel? Is it is it Bethel or is it the Holy Spirit? A. Hey. Oh. The two are synonymous, really, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> We're not that good. <laughs>